0: Well, despite being uh, 60 years old, I have crystal clear memories from childhood. I was incredibly blessed to grow up in a neighborhood that was the kind of neighborhood that would have pleased Mr. Rogers, a neighborhood where everyone knew each other and children were free to roam without any real worries. I remember one summer afternoon my neighborhood in El Paso, Texas. It was on that summer afternoon I was horsing around with several of my friends in a vacant lot, on our street, a vacant lot full of rocks, dirt, and plenty of ant hills. And it was the kind of vacant lot in which a child's imagination could travel anywhere on the planet or even out into space. And I'm not sure what happened, but I fell, skinned my knee deeply, and blood flowed down my shin, and it hurt. My immediate response was to run home for care, some back teen and a bandage, and loving hugs from my mom. I remember wanting to run home much more than I do about my very insignificant scrape. Well, thinking of home and our home back then has made me quite nostalgic these last few weeks. I felt what I'd call a melancholy longing, a longing that propelled me to images of how things used to be long ago. And it was in fact of the midst of such feelings Then I pulled out an old scrapbook my mom put together, and in it, I found a bunch of letters I wrote my parents the first time I went away to summer camp in the 1960s. It was a four-week-long camp in Durango, Colorado, and I was just nine years old at the time. Here are just a few snippets from those letters. Dear Mother and Dad, I'm a little homesick right now. What's happening at home? This is the first day of camp. Goodbye, signed Robert. P.S., please write back. Another letter reads Dear mother and dad and family, here are the names of the guys in my cabin. I caught my first fish yesterday. It was small. Please write back. Signed, Robert. And then the last one I'll share two weeks into the camp with two weeks left, I wrote Dear mother and dad, don't forget to pick me up. Pick me up first thing in the morning. I'm having fun and have gone to every dance. I like the girls. I'm very homesick. Guess how I ended the letter. Please write back. Good news is they did write back and sent those old tins filled with delicious cookies. Well, decades later, during a particular tough time in my life while living in California, I traveled to El Paso to visit some family members and friends. And during that trip, one early evening, I drove to the house I grew up in and parked out in front, the one near the vacant lot I described a moment ago. I just felt like I wanted to be home again. Home, that place where all is well, familiar, known, predictable, and safe. Home where everything is going to be okay. Home where all worries and fears are covered with a salve that just takes care of it all somehow. Well, on this summer, July Sunday, in the midst of it all, I want you to know that I, like many of you, fully recognize our many, many blessings. I embrace what is good and right and true. I'm grateful for so much. Family and friends, the chapel, our staff, our leaders, people who have made the chapel what it is, all of you who join us for worship, clean water and amazing surroundings and so very much more. But in the midst of these feelings of gratitude and thanksgiving, I know it feels to many of us that we are living in a tough time right now that just doesn't seem to get any better. Sure, we can pretend and massage statistics any way that suit us, but this new normal is not normal regardless of how you cut it. Uncertainty and predictability and the upending of how we used to live is our new reality, and I don't much care for it. Loneliness, isolation, economic upheaval, relational stress, children of varying ages having to move back home, Working from home, loss, grief, social distancing have challenged and changed us all. And as I think about all that people are going through, I think it's the, the loneliness and the, and, the, and the isolation that I see and know that is happening out there that's wrecking my heart the most. Well, as I've thought about where we are now in our lives, I've wondered something. At our core, down deep, Even in those places, perhaps, we don't often let other people see. How many of us have a sense of wanting to go home, be home, or return home? Home, that place where all is familiar, known, predictable, and safe. Home where everything is going to be okay. Home where all worries and fears are covered with a salve that just takes care of it all somehow. And if we never had that kind of home, how many of us are wanting to find such a place for the first time during these months of chaos? Well, the song we heard just a few moments ago, The House That Built Me, is a poignant tune for sure. The lyrics are potent, and they capture just some of what I want to say today. The song is a story about an adult who travels back to her home, a home in which she grew up. And when she goes back home, she shares with the homeowner some of what happened in the house when she lived there. She expresses that if she can come into the house and take with her nothing but a memory, that she'd find some healing, some hope, and that things might just somehow be okay. Now, if the lyrics in the song were a true story, I wonder how the story ends up. Was she able ever to find her home of long ago? Can we ever go home? And perhaps more importantly, the most important question we need to be asking today is what and where is home anyway? Here's how the writer Catherine Butler puts it in excerpts from an article she wrote. She said, How many of us return to a childhood home to find it changed? How often do we return to beloved spaces to find the people who shaped us gone, their voices and scent vanished? How do we grasp home when families break and scatter? Homes leave imprints upon us that last for a lifetime. Home in this life changes us, then forgets us. Homes mold our hearts, but eventually our fingerprints fade away from their surfaces. I believe all of what I've been talking about gets at a longing that is part of many of our lives, whether we're aware of that longing or not. The Christian writer C.S. Lewis wrote, I find myself... And I find in myself a desire which no experience in this world can satisfy. The most probable explanation is that I was made for another world. C.S. Lewis suggests that all of us have a deep longing for God, a deep longing to be with God, a deep longing to be at home with God. And I think this becomes especially clear when times are hard. Now, there's one lyric in the song, The House That Built Me, that says, I got lost in the world and forgot who I am. I thought if I could touch this place or feel it, the brokenness inside me might start healing. In other words, the person in the song has forgotten where she has come from. And she knows if she can get in touch with who she is and even experience home again, that healing, hope, and strength would come about in her life. So as I think about all of what I've just said, I believe it raises some very important questions for us in this July of 2020. Who are we? Where are we from? How can we get in touch with home once again? Home, that place where all is well, familiar, known, predictable, and safe. Home where everything is going to be okay. Home where all worries and fears are covered with a salve that just takes care of it all somehow. Well, to help us, for a few moments this morning, let's delve into Scripture and see what God has to say to us about these questions. So first, let's take a look at who we are. And where we have come from. Who are you? Where have you come from? Who am I? Where have I come from? Well, listen to these words from Scripture that answer these questions precisely. And as I share these words from God, I invite you wherever you are today to take them in deeply, to take nourishment from them, to feed on them, and to let them sink deeply into your sense of self and your sense of identity and who you are. So here is what God has to say to us about who we are and where we are from. God says, I made you. I created you. I knit you together in your mother's womb. And you are wonderfully made. God saw you before you were born. God created you. And he creates all of us to join God in God's work. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we ever heard of Christ, he had his eyes on us. Had designs on us. You are God's possession. God chooses you you are beloved by God each of us is a child of God and Jesus calls you his friend God loves you beyond comprehension you are forgiven you have an amazing future ahead with God you are forever a citizen of heaven you can trust God and don't have to figure out everything on your own God's power is within you And God's power is able to do more than you can ever ask or imagine. You can begin again, brand new, fresh start, anytime. God renews you from the inside out. And you are free. And while there is so much more to be found with regard to who we are, remembering who we are and where we are from is so vital at this time this time of uncertainty and lack of clarity, this time in which we are bombarded by voices that are not of God, this time in which we hear such caustic and ugly and demeaning, divisive and mean-spirited and tearing down talk. We need to pay attention to God's voice above all others. We need to remember who we are and where we are from. We need to focus on who we are in God's eyes. God who made you and made me. And so all of this leaves us with just one more question this morning. That question, where is home? And how can we get in touch with home? As I've thought about this question and pondered Scripture, in Jesus' life, my own life, and what so many other people have written, it seems very, very clear to me that if we open up our eyes and our minds and our hearts and our souls to God, it becomes quickly clear that you and I are always home. Always home even when we are on the road, even when we are in a strange place, even when things are scary, even when things are hard, even when things feel so far away from thing, how things ought to be as if all was well. And perhaps the truth is that we are always home because our home is with God and home is where God is and God is everywhere, including right here, right now. God is around us and within us and so we need not search for home or try and figure out how to go home again because our home, our true home, has never, ever left us. And to help us look at this briefly, let's take a look at what God has to say to us through Scripture about home. I love the story of David, King David, King of Israel. What a guy. He did some things amazingly right. On occasion, he massively blew it and made mistakes with devastating consequences. He did not always keep his word. He endured brutal battles and betrayals. He lost his best friend. His son died in a terrible way. He was an imperfect king, yet at times very wise. His tenure was tumultuous. He and his people even endured a deadly epidemic in which thousands of people died. Yet one of David's strengths was was that he expressed himself in powerful ways. He was in touch with his feelings and thoughts and struggles, and in response to being in touch with himself and his emotions and with God, He wrote many of the psalms we have in the Old Testament. It's as if he laid himself out for the whole world to see. And over his life, David came to understand something about God. Here is what he wrote in Psalm 139. O Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know when I sit down or when I stand up. You know my thoughts. You see me when I travel. You know everything I do. You go before me and follow me. I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. Wherever I am, you are. Everywhere, your hand will guide me and strengthen me. And God helped David understand, in the midst of all of his struggles, that God is everywhere, God knows everything, and there is no place that God is not. And in his life, David longed for home, which he wrote about. And yet, while he was often in touch with who he was, he knew he was God's possession, yet he continued to express this inner longing to be home with God, because he knew his true home was with God. And David one day wrote, God, I'm only asking for one thing, to live with you and your house my whole life long. I want to contemplate your beauty, God. I want to study your feet. Your home is the only quiet, secure place in the world. And David, over his life, came to understand that he had a deep longing for home and that home is where God is. It took him many years to understand that, but he did. And this theme of God being everywhere and that God is our home and therefore everywhere we are We are home with God, continues throughout the New Testament. Just some quick examples. Paul was often on the road. Yet one day he writes, God's Spirit dwells within me. Later he writes, we all are God's temple and God's Spirit is within us. God's temple is our home. And Paul writes later that God's home is to be found within each of us. And to a fledgling Christian community in a place called Ephesus, Paul writes, God has built us to be the dwelling place for him. He goes on to write, Christ dwells in our hearts. And when we know Christ, the love of Christ, we are filled with God. And finally, the words of Jesus on his last night on earth said, I will not leave you orphaned. In a little while, the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Because I live, you will live. I am in my Father, and my Father is in me, and I am in you. In other words, we are always with God, and God is where home is. You may may remember that I began this morning by sharing the story of scraping my knee as a little boy in a vacant lot across the street from the house I grew up in. But I quickly ran home, ran home to my mom, home, that place where all is well. Familiar, predictable, safe, home where everything is going to be okay, home where all worries and fears are covered with a salve that just takes care of it all somehow. Well, that vacant lot is no longer vacant. The house I grew up in has totally changed, and my mom is gone. And while such thoughts cause me to pause and to miss, especially during this trying time in our world, I realize that it's all more than okay. Just as it's more than okay for each of you here today. And it's more than okay because you and I are from God. God is within you and within me. And home is wherever God is. So home is everywhere. Everywhere you are including here right now. And I have a hunch that if we could hear God's voice out loud right now, we'd hear God say to us, to each of you, remember always that you were mine and that I made you. Remember that I am the house that built you. Remember you are always home because you were always with me. Let us pray.